when would you say that you have no more any hunger? It is only when you feel that you are full. Then only you will be free of all hunger. Same way, when we hear about what is the very cause of our agitations and therefore the cause of our sorrows and that it is desire in our mind, we desire everything that is pleasurable with the notion that it will give us happiness. So really our desire is for happiness and what we do is seek temporary, finite, limited pleasures because we know nothing else. So the mind naturally craves for it. When can the mind totally give up all desires? In Bhagavad Gita, in the signs of an enlightened person, in the very beginning itself, Bhagwan Shri Krishna says, Prajahati yada kaman sarvan partha manogatan atmanyevatmana tushtaha stita pragyaha tada uchate. That when all desires of the mind are given up. And how is it? Because atmani eva atmana tushta. Satisfied in the self, by the self. One who has discovered his self to be the infinite, such a person is living in bliss, is himself or herself bliss itself. And in that total satisfaction, that total purnata, fullness, there remains no more desire because all desires are fulfilled in that state of completeness, in that state of infinitude. Thus, whenever we hear about vairagya, dispassion, detachment, freedom from desire, our mind generally immediately covers up those ideas and gives contrary arguments. Why? Because it knows no other means of fulfillment. But those who with their discrimination, those having gained knowledge, those who have realized that that happiness is our own true nature, not just giving up things or just discarding things. In fact, just as we were speaking about Vairagya yesterday, the very tree behind me suddenly blossomed with beautiful, fragrant white flowers. In fact, you could not even see it budding. It was to our surprise that we saw the flowers bloom. But immediately if you were to pluck off its petals to expect the fruit from within, neither would you be able to bring out the beauty of the flower nor 
bring out the fruit. It's the maturity that brings about the fruit. And as we pointed out, that those petals fall off when the flower starts maturing. It is a sign of it growing into a fruit, a juicy fruit. Thus, in this manner, when we understand Vairagya, it is not such a frightening thing. In fact, it is a growth process that we grow into fullness. We grow into that maturity by which the lower just falls off. The finite, the limited, the temporary just falls off and that craving, that desire does not remain in us. And such a person, what is the freedom such a person gains? Another thing that comes up is only if we give up everything and renounce and give up everything, not even thinking about the renunciation that is inside, then only a sannyasi can realize. Bhagwan Shankaracharya points out that this renunciation, when it takes place within, and one attains the state of fulfillment, the state of infinitude, recognizes that infinite within, and it is that infinite alone that is spread as a substratum of the entire universe. The self in me is the very self in everyone. Such a person, whatever condition such a person may be in, such a person indeed lives in bliss. And this beautiful 19th verse points out to us something really wonderful, the freedom that a realized master experiences. And the external conditions are no criteria. It is the inner realization of the infinitude that I am. Yogaratova, Bhogaratova, Sangaratova, Sangavihinaha, Yasya Brahmani Ramate Chittam, Nandati Nandati Nandatyeva. Yeah, Bhagwan Shankaracharya glorifies such a person of enlightenment who in whatever condition he may be yoga ratova reveling in yoga or you can say reveling in meditation bhoga ratova in midst of all sensuous pleasures bhoga ratova sanga ratova in the company of people or even like these moments in isolation. Sangavihinaha. But Yasya Brahmani Ramate Chittam, whose mind is reveling in the infinite truth reality, Brahman. Nandati, Nandati, Nandati Eva. They only revel, they only enjoy, they alone revel in bliss. And if that realization had take, has taken place,
then whether a person is in meditation or experiencing the world of plurality. Such a person is in midst of company of people, does not feel agitated or feel repelled or starts hating people or their noisy behavior, nor also such a person in quietude, in isolation or in solitude feels lonely because in whatever condition his or her realization that I am bliss, that unconditioned bliss never goes away. Therefore, yoga ratova, bhoga ratova, whether in meditation like Lord Shiva or Buddha, Bhogaratova, in midst of all the pleasures of the world, but still without desire, without craving, like Janak Maharaj, like Sri Krishna, right in the battlefield of life. Sangaratova, in the company of people, like Swami Vivekananda, like our Gurudev, Swami Chinmayananda, or Sangavihina, or in solitude, without the company of anybody, living alone, but not feeling a sense of loneliness. So Sangaratova, Sangavihina, and therefore it is said that a realized master, in whatever condition, whatever role he or she may be, remains reveling in that completeness, in that bliss. And abandoning, renouncing our own infinite nature through ignorance, through our various extrovertedness, and our seeking of pleasures. And we get cheated by those pleasures also. Gurudev used to tell us a very interesting story. And he used to very proudly say that this contraption is made in Kerala. And the Keralites are very intelligent. And as you know, these days, the propagation of coconut oil, even for your brain and your heart, is being so widely popularized. So he said that ingenious Keralite has created a contraption to capture the nuisance creating mice in the house or in the farm. And they have created a huge box. And in that box, there is a hook right on the top and to spread its fragrance and attract the mouse in that cage, which has no trap door, which is open, that does not even make the intelligent mice there suspect it's an open cage door. And there burns a coconut, there also a coconut, hmm? burns a coconut and hangs it on the hook on the top and also has 
a wheel with steps. The rat is one of the most intelligent, most flexible creatures. Very difficult to find it, to capture it, and can nibble into anything, even your furnitures. This mice, when it comes close to the cage, smelling the coconut, smelling the food, when it comes near the cage, it looks around and says, ah, this intelligent man has created a cage, but where's the trap door? Foolishly, he's not even kept a trap door. I can go inside, but goes inside. The mice finds that the coconut is higher than it can stand up. But this man has foolishly also kept a wheel with steps for it to go on the top. So the rat climbs those steps on the wheel and just when it reaches the top and is about to stretch itself to lick the coconut, barely gets the lick of the coconut or just a close whiff of its fragrance, the wheel trips and the mouse falls down. Again the mouse comes up. It's almost at reach. You're almost getting it. You're getting the lick of it. Tries again and 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 finally collapses in that cage with an open door. Cannot even escape. This is the trap of pleasures. This is the trap of desire in which we constantly get cheated. But still, we don't realize that the means to it is something different. But we still go on trying, going on trying, going on trying, in spite of being cheated. But yasya brahmani ramate chittam, whose mind is reveling in the infinite. Infinite means that which is timeless. Infinite that which is all-pervading. Infinite which is the essence of everyone. Infinite which is myself. One who finds that fulfillment within himself. Such a person, in whatever condition he or she may be, indeed is reveling. And such a person does not get frustrated with loneliness, does not only find peace in meditation, such a person does not, in its spirit of oneness, serving everybody, does not shun away company, nor does that person feel lonely, nor does that person get attracted by the sense pleasures. In fact, there was a one story when I heard as a Yuva Kendra, and that fascinated me. One day, the great Durvas Rishi, with many of his disciples, had come onto the banks of the river Yamuna. He was well known for his blessings, which would be unfailable, unfallible, 
at the same time his curses also were well known when the wives of krishna heard that durvas rishi has come they gathering food wanted to cross the river yamuna and go to the other side and serve the food to the great saint and his disciples durvas rishi but how could they go wet how would they even cross the river yamuna without getting wet without getting drenched so they went to shri krishna and said we want to go for blessings so krishna just smiled otherwise you know durvas rishi is there if he finds that we did not come to serve him he will get angry with us we don't want to incur his curse in fact we want to get his blessings but how do we cross the river yamuna and krishna smiled and said that you go there and just pray to yamuna and say that if krishna has been a bal brahmachari a celibate from birth and has refrained from all sense pleasures then may yamuna give the path to cross they giggled with themselves and they said how is it possible we have lived with krishna in midst of this palatial pleasures but somehow they did have faith in krishna and when they went and said like this yamuna parted way and they could easily cross they fed all the brahmacharis there they fed the great rishi there but this doubt was there in their mind that how krishna in midst of all the pleasures is someone who has never ever indulged in pleasures they were wondering so they fed durvas rishi and durvas rishi brought got the food from these queens and he ate ate very well to his satisfaction and the queens were very happy with themselves cooked the food and brought to him so they were very thrilled they were very happy that he ate so well and they kept on thinking durvas rishi must have really enjoyed our food but when it was time to go back suddenly they saw the river was now in spate in fact the river was now full even more full than before so they asked the rishi and said that uh, uh, now that you are pleased maybe ask you a question because when we came here please don't mind us telling you but when we came here we said that krishna is one who has refrained from all pleasures and the river gave way but now how do we go back and tell this to the river will the river give us way because we don't see that durvas rishi said oh young ladies you want to go back so go and tell the river 
that if Durvas Rishi has never eaten any food, may the river give way. He said, now, Yamuna river could have believed us once because we are telling the river. Now, this Durvas Rishi who has just now eaten in front of us says that he has never eaten any food. How is it possible? But they went to the river and the moment they said this, the river parted ways. They did not know whom to ask the question to, Krishna or Durvas Rishi. One in whose company they have experienced all the pleasures, luxuries that he has given them. And the other side, that Rishi who has eaten in front of them. How could river Yamuna part way? for something which is untrue because we have experienced it directly. So when they approached the Rishi to give them the wisdom as to how is it possible that you ate, he lived with us in midst of all the pleasures and yet both of you deny. And Durvas Rishi smiled and then they realized the greatness of the one who gave them all the pleasures that the one who knows himself to be neither the doer nor the enjoyer, free of desires for oneself, such a person, even when fulfilling the desires of the many, remains untouched. Such a person is not the doer and therefore not even has the sense of enjoyership. This is all the ego born out of our ignorance that feels that I am the doer and for my enjoyment desires and then having indulged in those desires, craves for the desires more or feels guilty Such a realized master who revels in the self doesn't find any pleasure in the world that can add to his pleasure or deprive him of his bliss. In Bhagavad Gita, Shri Krishna said, Just as, an, as the ocean filled from all sides with rivers pouring in millions and millions and gallons of water, and still does not overflood its shores, accommodates everything in itself and does not swell up just like a small lake or a reservoir. In the same way, in a realized master, objects of desire come to his or her experience just to become one with the self, not to create any excitement, not to create in him any craving or desire. Thus, free from all desire, that person revels in the bliss and reveling in the bliss has got no desire from the world, situations of the world or the conditions of the world. Therefore, ro therefore 
he points out yoga ratova even in meditation he or she is in bliss in the midst of all the pleasures of the world luxuries of the world free from all craving desires likes and dislikes remains not struggling not agitated but in peace and bliss in the company of people ever ready to serve does not get affected by their praise or their criticism and neither shunning the company of people if has to remain alone if people do not want such a person as gurudev says remains as atma rama reveling in one's own self as yoga ratova bhoga ratova sanga ratova sanga vihina yasya brahmani ramate chittam that brahman is govinda bhaja govindam bhaja govindam govindam bhaja moodhamate in this life itself attain that supreme bliss which is our own nature and in life whatever situations come and go remain in bliss bhaja govindam thank you for tuning in to this episode by the chinmaya mission if you like what you hear please consider subscribing if you're looking for exceptional and detailed content on the bhagavad gita and how lord krishna's advice to arjuna is relevant to the hurdles you face today or understanding your mind or explanations on hindu scriptures in easy to understand english the chinmaya mission youtube channel is the place to be all links are in the description